This is the Data Download, your guide to upping your game when it comes to managing and accessing data in your organization. For Calibra, I'm your host, Jay Miller. As our own data intelligence program here at Calibra ramps up with data governance, quality, access management, and more, data ethics is a subject we've begun thinking about how to approach as well. Is it a policy change? An educational and awareness challenge? Technical? I'm thinking it's all of that. So where do we start? And how should we incorporate this notion of right and wrong into our program? To help us collect our thoughts, why don't we bring in someone from Calibra who's way closer to this than I am? I'm Semla Sivanandan, Senior Manager Data Intelligence at Colibra. My team, what we really do is facilitating the use of Colibra, the tool for Colibra, the company. We help bring together all of our business units through the use of Colibra, and we ensure that we have a well-connected company here. It's really being the best customer of Colibra, and that is really the coolest job around. So why don't we just get started? Tell us what prompted you to start your data ethics journey. When I first heard data ethics, it sounded very unnatural to me. Think about data. Data is facts and stats and precise stuff. And if you look up ethics, all you're really getting is moral responsibilities and moral values and abstract stuff. It's not very clear. So you put data and ethics together, and I'm trying to explain this to somebody, and I couldn't, like, Okay, using data ethically, what exactly does that mean? So it wasn't clear. And think about the moral values of a person. It is so subjective, right? And it is influenced by what they've experienced. So the cultures and the life experiences, they all make your moral framework that can change from person to person. And that's what I was struggling with. It's kind of like saying, I like spicy food. Yes, but what exactly do you mean by saying that? Like talking... Well, I like buffalo wings, I like chili, I like wasabi, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And I'm here thinking about ghost peppers and all. So I can't can't do ghost peppers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So ethics framework is kind of like that. You can agree to do the right thing for a person, for a company, but that can mean different things. So that framework is lacking when you say data ethics. So that's why I was like, okay, we need to figure this out. How can I explain this to somebody? So while you were explaining that, I'm thinking, well, ethics is doing the right thing. And what would be different about that? But it really is different perspectives from different people on what right actually means. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. It is very subjective like that. So now let's reconnect data to ethics. Now that we've established that right is in the eye of the beholder, Let's get back to the connection between data and ethics. So why is that so important? Right now, you see that data is becoming increasingly influential in all kinds of decisions that we are making, whether that's you making a personal decision or it's a wider, impactful decision being made by governments and all that, right? I'll give you an example. So when the vaccines started rolling out for the pandemic, we had vaccine shortage and the government had to decide who gets it first and how did they do it? They use the positivity rate, the test positivity rate, of course, the hospitalization rate, and clubbed it with the zip codes, the postal codes here. And then they identified the hotspots and they got the vaccine first. So for me, it just meant that I had to wait a little longer to get the vaccine. 
but there were other people who had life-changing consequences because of that. You see the power of data with People are using that to make decisions that affect your life, your life quality, and all of that. So we as data professionals always see the power of data. I think as data citizens, it's our responsibility to use it ethically, wisely. So it's super important. So you've got a scarce resource, meaning the vaccines for COVID, and a government has to decide who's eligible first. There are ethical implications with that. It's not just numbers. That's a great way to connect those two things. It absolutely makes it make sense. Thanks. Another thing that I've been thinking about is a driver of including ethics with the use of data is machine learning and artificial intelligence examples. An obvious example might be how a software product might be personalized to your experience as a customer of that software. Or even closer would be a shopping cart. You're about to check out your shopping cart and make a purchase. And at the bottom of the screen, you see recommendations. Other people like you bought something. We've all heard of examples of that just sort of seeming creepy, where maybe it just knows a little too much about you. Why does that shopping cart know that much? The industry at large has gotten a lot better about managing that as an ethical decision. I think it is much broader than ML and AI. Every time we talk about data ethics, ML and AI naturally pops up. But I personally think it's much broader than that. I was trying to book a spa appointment online. They started asking me way too many questions, like, what's my address? What's my date of birth? And I'm like, oh, why do you need that? I just need to get this service. And you really don't need my date of birth and address because I don't know how secure my data is going to be at a local spa. Like, are they invested in my data security? But I can understand if they need to know my age. Maybe they're trying to make a recommendation for me. But then ask that not my date of birth, not my address. I think it's very important to understand why we collect what we collect and how are we using it, right? So when we start asking those questions, do we really need that data field? If yes, are we keeping it secure enough from a customer's perspective? To me, really the gold standard is if I'm working in a bank, am I comfortable banking with them? If I'm working in an insurance company, am I okay to purchase that? That kind of tells me, am I okay with the way they are treating my data, right? That's where I am, that it's not just MLAI. So far in this conversation, we've been talking about the risks associated with it. What are the ramifications then if that risk actually came true, if uh, something bad was done with that data? Or let's say not right from the customer's perspective was done with that data. Yeah, so the MLAI conversation is always revolving around bias, right? The output being biased, the recommendations being skewed because of whatever. So let's look at what that is really. I think everybody remembers March 2020, but remember when we were all shut down and the airlines were also grounded, right? I'll just say that. And then what happened is come April, May, the climate predictions, right, the weather predictions that we get started going down in the accuracy. Like they would tell me Saturday is going to be sunny and, you know, that's what you look forward to. And come Saturday, it's raining and it's not cool. 
So I actually went uh, investigating why this is happening. And I found a study that was done by the Lancaster University, UK. Because the airlines were grounded, it was missing a prime data source, uh, which comes from the sensors on those commercial aircraft. And what happened was, yeah, that data source missing ended up affecting the accuracy of these predictions. All that to say, you missed a data source and it affected the results of a well-oiled model, right? Imagine that we didn't have any control over what happened. We just knew that this is why it's happening. Now think about other scenarios where we as data professionals are picking up data to train a model, to do a recommendation, and we intentionally or unintentionally miss out some sources. That can also have this effect. So I want to tie it back to the unconscious bias conversations that we have. Like the world has been hearing about unconscious bias a lot more in the past few years. I think that's a very important conversation to have, right? We as data professionals, as we build out models, should always think about this unconscious bias and say, am I excluding some data set? What the breadth and the depth of my data sources, is that enough to make sure this model isn't going to be skewed? So what you're saying is by excluding airplane sensor information, the organization you know, in weather prediction models, by excluding that from the model, the model can't accurately predict the weather anymore. The exclusion is the bias. Yeah, exclusion creates bias. And that might be unconsciously happening because we are not thinking through or we're not picking a big enough sample set. That's where I'm coming from. So it's always important as a data professional to be aware of this, right? As I limit my sample set, it can have unintended consequences and we should address that. As our head of data intelligence here at Calibra, how do we then do something, let's say, strategically to instill ethical use of data? Our data office is still young, but when we are starting a data ethics program, we're just looking at our company's core values. So for Calibra, we always talk about being open, direct, and kind. What that means is we are directly communicating what we are feeling and also in a very thoughtful way, in a kind way. So that is really important, how we are using that data. We have to be open, direct, and kind about that. Also, our work matters. What we do impacts not only us, it impacts our customers, our society, and our industry. Those two things are really guiding principles for um, our ethics-related value system, and that's where you would start. Your organization's core values and code of conduct can and should be visible anchors for the ethical use of data through policy, communications, messaging, generally to guide and encourage behaviors that are aware of the right and wrong use of data. In an ideal world, this field of data ethics becomes mainstream within organizations. And we'll also see more attention toward ethical use of data throughout society as a whole. That means all of us as consumers, citizens, readers of news, and more. 
It's my hope that the world of social media and media at large will evolve to incorporate the notion of a moral framework into how its algorithms discourage or even prevent harm as a first principle instead of clicks and users. For Calibra, this is The Data Download, and I'm your host, Jay Millicher. We'll see you next time. even more insight into managing your data? Visit Calibra.com slash podcast for additional resources on the topics covered in our show. Be sure to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a new episode. And a five-star review certainly doesn't hurt our chances with the algorithm. It's all about the algorithm, isn't it, folks? It's a great way to help us reach new listeners, and we truly do appreciate your support. The Data Download is a production of Calibra in collaboration with Stories Bureau.